0: Hi, welcome to this question and answer session. Today we are having uh, the very first one and uh, I'm excited to be able to answer your questions every single week. The purpose of this is the the spiritual growth and uh, the life development, life and personal development of everyone and so I'll be uh, very grateful to have your questions every week so keep them coming. All right, so the first question uh, for these Q&A is, I believe, coming from uh, Bambili Forum. Now we're going to have two two parts, so uh, we have a couple of questions to answer. So in this first part, I want to answer the uh, very first question that we received. And the question is, what's the difference between the spirit and power as seen in the following passages? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In verse 5, he gives the reason. He says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. So these are, this is just a parenthesis. These are very important scriptures. Uh, this is a very important declaration by the Apostle Paul. And uh, it informs us, it tells us uh, what our gospel should contain and how it should be brought, how it should come. And it tells us a big deal, it tells us a great deal about uh, what's lacking in, uh, in the Christianity that we have presented to people. The world will believe our Christianity when it comes with these ingredients, a demonstration of the spirit and of power. Not just words, no matter how good they may sound, no matter how, how accurate even they are. There has to be a demonstration of the spirit and power. But what is the, the spirit and the power? So what's the difference between the two? So we'll find out. And uh the second scripture is Acts chapter ten, verse thirty-eight. It says how God ordained how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him and the third one is 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 15 uh, verse 5 rather which says for our gospel came not unto you in word only but also in power and in the Holy Ghost so Paul makes it very clear he says in power and in the Holy Ghost and uh, so indeed there's a difference between the two so let's find out Let's fir- let's start with power because this one is easy. So let's get this out of the way so that we can discuss spirit or Holy Spirit. In all these scriptures in the New Testament, the, uh, the word power is translated from the Greek dunamis. And dunamis simply refers to the miracle-working power of God according to Strong's Dictionary. Now, there are a couple of views in the body. There's a view in the body of Christ that makes a difference between Power gifts and uh, non power gifts in quotes, and so there are people who say that uh, well, when Paul is saying in the spirit and power or the demonstration of the spirit and of power, they believe that Paul is referring to first Corinthians chapter twelve verse seven to ten where he uh, he mentions the manifestations of the spirit verse seven says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And from verse 8 to verse 10, he lists the nine gifts of the Spirit. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, to another faith, to another the gifts of healings, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and then discerning of spirits and diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. So, according to some people, the spirit and the power are both uh, contained in this passage, and they said, "Okay, the power refers to uh, gifts such as the working of miracles and um, uh, the gifts of healings, and then every other gift is the spirit." <laughs> but, but that's not correct. That's not an appropriate view. Everything listed here in First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven to ten, can be categorized or classified under power. These are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Power refers to everything that the Spirit of God does which can be apprehended or appreciated in the natural realm and which defies human ability. So it is the miracle working power of God manifested. And uh, so that's power. So all of this, First Corinthians 12 is still talking about Power. So, so what, what is the spirit, spirit here? What does that phrase mean? What's the difference between the spirit and power in these scriptures that we've read? What's the difference? Again, we said power is simply miracles, healings the working of miracles, the miracle-working power of God. Now, miracle includes other things like uh, supernatural transportation. We have such examples even with the Lord Jesus in John chapter 10. We have examples in Acts with Philip, uh, supernatural transportation. We have uh, Jesus walking on water. This is still power. All of this is power, and how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So So all of those things, all these miracles fall under power. So what is the Spirit? There is a view that says that the Spirit simply refers to the fruit of the Spirit. So that power refers to the gifts of the Spirit, as listed in First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 10. But then that spirit refers to the fruit of the spirit, as uh, uh, discussed in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to, uh, to 23, and then even 25. You see, they say, okay, so when it says, in the spirit and power... In the spirit is Galatians five twenty two to twenty three, and in power is 1 Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven to ten. Uh, this view is not completely wrong, but it's not complete either. It's not. It's not totally accurate. Uh, the spirit isn't just the fruit of the spirit, which, by the way, you, we have two views in the body of Christ. We have, uh, the f- we have some who believe that the fruit of the spirit is, you know. Um, Lowercase s at spirit. spirit. So, So meaning the human spirit, the fruit of the human spirit. Because this is, don't forget, this is placed, this is mentioned in Galatians chapter 5 in opposition or in contrast to the works of the flesh, which is the human flesh, the flesh, which is uh, the ungenerated uh, 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 human being, the natural man and its ungenerated tendencies and longings and, and, and mindsets and all of that. All of that is the flesh, the unge- un- unregenerated and unrenewed mind of the natural man. That is the flesh. And so uh, the Apostle Paul says, he discusses the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, but then discusses the fruit of the Spirit. So the work of the flesh, referring to the work, you know, of the unge- unregenerated inner man, and uh, and then the fruit of the spirit, referring to uh, the product of the regenerated spirit of the born again believer. But anyway, whether you believe it is uh, the work, the fruit of the spirit with small s as being the spirit of the believer who's born again, or the Holy Spirit with capital S it is still all flowing from the Holy Spirit because we were born of the Spirit of God. So uh, so the fruit of the Spirit is still the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Even if it is also the fruit of the regenerated human spirit, but it flows from the Spirit of God. Remember what the Apostle Paul said. He said, uh, now the uh, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace. And joy in the Holy Spirit, and in in the fruit of the Spirit mentioned here, in Galatians five twenty two, uh, two of the fruit mentioned are joy and peace, and and so and Paul says that, that's the kingdom, joy and peace, where in the Holy Spirit. So, whether you think that this is that Galatians five twenty two refers to the human spirit or the Holy Spirit, at the end of the day, it is still all coming from the Holy Spirit. All right, right but, but that, that is, is not, not uh, all that the phrase spirit means uh, or in the spirit or, or in the Holy Spirit or with, with the Holy Spirit. That's, that's not, not all that, that that phrase means in those scriptures that this question uh, is referring to. So what is it? So let me introduce the third view. The third view is provided to us with a portion of Scripture in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2 and 3. Now as a reminder let me say this. Our understanding of Scripture should always be derived from other portions of Scripture which point to the same issue, which address the same issue, which discuss the same reality because the best interpreter of Scripture is Scripture itself. The best, uh, 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 the best validator of Scripture is Scripture itself. Sometimes in, uh, we need some extra textual information like culture. For example, you need to, uh, to have some grasp of some Jewish traditions or culture to fully understand the meaning of some of Jesus' uh, uh, parables. For example... You know, and then there are a few other things like that in Scripture, uh, both in the Old and in the New Testament, that you need some cultural education to be able to understand. All right, but it doesn't change the fact that the best interpreter of Scripture remains Scripture. And even when you need some cultural clarifications, you will only have to, rec- You only, the, the only thing that validates your conclusions is that another portion of Scripture confirms or agrees to to, to those conclusions. So scripture interprets scripture. So having said that, let us read Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2 is a direct prophecy and parallel to the proclamation in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, which says that uh, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So, knowing that Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2 to 3 is a direct prophecy. It is a direct reference to Acts 10, 38 and to the ministry of Jesus. And, of course, Jesus himself wrote this when he entered the temple. He entered the temple and he took the book of Isaiah and he read it in this very place. All right? And the Spirit of the Lord rests upon him. This I'm, I'm reading already. This is Isaiah chapter eleven, verse two. He says, "And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him," just like it says in Acts chapter ten, God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. So here we see that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. This is talking about that anointing with the Holy Spirit. So what it says next tells us the meaning of. Anointed with the Holy Spirit, or a ministry that comes not only with word, but also in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. This, Isaiah chapter 2, provides us with the illumination and clarification that we need to derive uh, a, a sound biblical interpretation to what in the Spirit means in those scriptures. Alright? So it says, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And now what does it say? It says, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now, fear of the Lord is the key thing here because it is repeated again in verse 3. Alright? But you will notice one thing. Here it does not refer to anything that has to do with the miraculous power of God. He says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might. This might is not the same as dunamis. This might has to do with the strength of God that garnishes the soul of a man. That protects, that strengthens the soul of a man. That makes his forehead to be as strong as iron. This is the might he's talking about. He says the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So this is the spirit. Uh, This is the anointing that came with Jesus with power as well. So God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power. So when he says with the Holy Ghost, what does he refer to? He refers to these things that Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2 tells us about. Now, verse 3 gives us insight into the result of these. He says in verse 3, And that spirit resting upon him, shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the lord and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes neither reprove after the hearing of his ears so what does in the spirit mean or what does it mean to bring the gospel with the demonstration of the spirit and of power you already know what power means In the Spirit simply refers to the character and the personality of God in the ministry. It refers to the authenticity of the ministry, both in its content and motives. It refers to a ministry rendered in the Spirit. It refers to a ministry exercised in subjection and obedience to the will and ways of God. That is why Isaiah... Eleven chapter two and, and and uh eleven verse two and verse three emphasize the fear of the Lord. You see w- today we have a lot of ministry that come with power, that come with everything listed, or some of the things listed in First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven to ten. It comes with the gifts of the spirit, it comes with prophecy, it comes with word of knowledge, it comes with healing the sick, it comes with word of wisdom, it comes with many of those things but you don't see the revelation of Christ and you don't see the fear of the Lord this is one of the high this is one of the hallmarks of a holy spirit ministry you know remember power is a gift you know it's First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven to ten, speaks about gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that His gifts are without repentance. The gifts of God are without repentance. And so you can see people today, and we have seen many of them in the history of Christianity, that came with power but not with the Spirit. You know that is why you can see a minister of the gospel bringing. The power of God, in addition to the message, he brings the message with power. He brings the message with signs and wonders. But you do not see the character of Christ. You see carnality demonstrated right on the pulpit. You see pride, you know, uh, uh, so evidently demonstrated. You see uh, 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 church politics. You see partiality. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 3 says, And shall make him, this Spirit of God resting on him, which is mentioned in Acts chapter 10, 38, he says that Spirit of God, as the Spirit of God shall rest upon him, he shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. He shall not just be of quick understanding, he shall be of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. He will understand things, in the fear of the lord he will understand things in subjection to the will and ways of the lord that's what the fear of the lord means in subjection to the will and the ways of god and he shall not judge listen to what he says he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes he will not be carnally minded in the way he goes about the ministry neither shall he reprove after the hearing of his ears you know, so when, when Paul says I did I brought the gospel to you, not only in words of human wisdom, but also in the demonstration of the spirit and of power, he says, I brought the word, I brought the message, I brought it with miracles, as you know, aprons that had been in contact with my body, healed people, you know, people were delivered, the demons were cast out. You know, I came with a demonstration of the supernatural power of God, but also came with a demonstration of the Spirit of God. So let's look at how Paul exercises ministry to the Thessalonians and even to the Corinthians that he wrote the, these two scriptures to. Okay, so in First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 to 7 the apostle paul says for our exhortation was not of deceit nor of uncleanness nor in guile but as we were allowed of god to be put in trust with the gospel even so we speak not as pleasing men, but god you see this is the key this is a ministry that is brought to man with the spirit not just with words and not even just with power but in the Holy Spirit, a ministry that comes with a subjection to the will and ways of God. Not a ministry that comes with politics, not a ministry that comes with uh, dishonesty. He says our exhortation was not in deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. The motivations were pure. That's what he says. And he says, we, we, we speak not as pleasing men, but God, who tries our hearts. In verse 5 he says, For neither at any time used we flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. Nor of men did we seek glory, neither of you nor of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherishes. Her children. So you see the dispositions of the hearts of the Apostle Paul as he carried out his ministry to the Thessalonians. And then again, let's read. Let's read First Corinthians chapter two, the the two or three verses before verse four, which was given as part of this question. It says, "And I, brethren, when I came to you, you see how how I mean. This is a, another parallel with First Thessalonians. He says, When I came to you.'" I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Verse 3, he says, And I was with you how? This is how I was with you. This This is how I demonstrated the Spirit to you. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. What was the weakness? What was the fear? What was the trembling? Paul's weakness here refers to the things that he went through, and it refers to his dependency on the grace of God. Paul is not saying that he was sick. He's not saying that he was weak morally. That's not what he's saying. You know, he was in in weakness. In fear, fear of what? Paul did not fear what men could do. You know, you remember what he he told the high uh, the high priest. He said, you know, he insulted the man. <laughs> and then he said, shall we, shall, 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 we, shall we feel man rather than God? I mean, these guys were not afraid of death. They were not afraid of anything. They were not afraid of what a man could do. What is the fear here? And he says, and in fear and in much trembling, the, Paul is referring to how circumspectly how uh, uh, seriously he approached his ministry. How much serious and, and, and the fear of God. He's talking about the fear of God here. Remember what he says. He says, make sure that you perform your ministry with fear and trembling. Make proof of your ministry. He says, work out. In Philippians, uh, I think that should be in chapter 2, work out your salvation. Uh, Parenthesis, he didn't say work for, because you don't work for salvation. It's a free gift. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. But he says, work out your salvation. How? With fear and trembling. This is a, a direct parallel to, to that scripture. So when Paul says that he came to the believers in weakness, weakness means not depending on himself, relinquishing all dependency upon himself. You remember all the things that he said about how he, 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 he counted all All of his accolades accolades as dung so that he could win Christ you know so he says I came to you in weakness and in fear and much trembling not that I was trembling for death I wasn't afraid of anybody you remember in the book of Acts when prophet uh, Agabus prophesied to him and told him Paul I saw you bound in Jerusalem Paul said none of these things matter to me none of these things move me you know whether I live or die it doesn't move me this guy didn't tremble for anything that man Or society could do to him. So his weakness, his fear, and his trembling have to do with a Holy Spirit anointed ministry. Because Isaiah chapter 11 says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And one of the manifestations will be the fear of the Lord. And the fact that he will not judge according to his own understanding. He will not judge according to the sight of his eyes nor the hearing of his ears. But like Jesus said, he said, everything that I do, I do as I hear my Father, I do as I see my Father do. I speak as I hear my Father speak. He was, he was in ministry totally subjected and submitted to the will of the Father. That is what it means to do ministry in the Spirit. A demonstration of the Spirit and power. Power Power is the miracle working, the demonstration of the supernatural and all of that. But Spirit isn't the gifts of the Spirit nor the fruit of the Spirit, only even though the fruit of the Spirit is part of it. But it has to do with this disposition of the heart, which is empowered by the Holy Spirit and whereby a man fulfills his ministry under the subjection of the purpose and the plan and the will and the ways of God. That is a Holy Spirit ministry. Today, we have a lot of power ministries. We have people who demonstrate power to other people. We have people who heal the sick. We have people who who, who raise the dead. We have people who who can prophesy from morning to evening, who can give a word of knowledge very accurately to the entire nation. No problem. All of that is beautiful. But what the church lacks today is Holy Spirit ministry. Ministry that not not only demonstrates the power of God, but ministry that walks in the will and ways of God. Remember, the gifts of God are without repentance, and you can be operating and flowing in the gifts meanwhile the holy spirit has been quenched and frustrated and grieved in your ministry and so paul says when i came to you i didn't I, I, I didn't just come with words and i didn't even just come with the healings i didn't just come with the power i came also with the spirit i came with the holy spirit being demonstrated I came with the fear of the Lord. I came with a disposition of the heart whereby I did not seek my own. I didn't come with popularity. I didn't come with with, with a desire for popularity. I didn't come with a desire to impress you. That's a Holy Spirit anointed ministry. ministry that does not seek to please men. That does not seek to impress human beings. That does not seek popularity. That does not seek its own. That does not seek what... We see out there which so many people, including uh, ministers of the gospel, are tempted to go after. A Holy Spirit ministry is a God-consumed ministry. It is a ministry that, uh, uh, de- that depends solely on the grace of God. And that is exercised solely for the glory of God and for the purposes of God. In submission and subjection to his will and his ways. That is why Paul says, as you yourself saw the kind of man that we are, that we were among you. That's a Holy Spirit ministry. I didn't just bring the message, but I was also a certain kind of man among you. So I hope that this explanation helps. I hope that in the spirit, the difference between in the spirit or in spirit and power is clearer to you now i hope that everything that we've said helped and more importantly i pray that the lord will reveal more to you and that he will help us build this balance in our lives this balance of spirit and power we all need this we all need this balance of spirit and power now balance doesn't mean a little bit of each balance means all of both so you must desire desire the power and then desire a life in the spirit a ministry of the spirit desire you have to desire both of those whether you are a, a fivefold minister or a or a regular believer we're all called to this, and we have to desire it. Concerning power, the Apostle Paul says in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, "I would not want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, but I want you to desire them. I want you to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire them." And then he says in verse seven of that same uh, chapter 12 that the manifestation of the spirit, the epiphania, meaning the visible. Uh, uh, Naturally, humanly apprehendable, uh, humanly appreciable manifestation of the spirit is given to all. It's given to all believers. It's not just for preachers. It is given to all believers. But I believe preachers demonstrate more of those things because they desire them more. And, and I, of course, by virtue of their calling, they have to demonstrate them more than than the than than the rest of the believers. I believe, but but really. You know, demonstrating these things doesn't even prove that you're a fivefold minister. It is for every believer. So desire that desire, that balance. And remember my definition of balance? Balance doesn't mean a little bit of each. Balance means all of both. God bless you as you live a life empowered by the word and with a demonstration of the spirit and power. God bless you.